What's up? You're listening to Fork the Product. I'm your host, Nick Casares. And I'm your other host, Zach Cohen. Fork the Product is a podcast that explores the intersection of blockchain, product, and user experience. We interview founders and builders to understand how they're approaching problems in the blockchain space. This show is brought to you in part by Polyant Labs. Nick, can you talk for a second about Polyant? Sure. Polyant is a blockchain-focused, early-stage startup incubator. We're headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona. And I say we're because in my other life, I'm the director of product for Polyant. Long story short, we help founders bring their ideas to life by providing them with early-stage funding, mentoring, and support with things like development, design, and marketing services. If you're an entrepreneur or developer and you have a vision that you'd like to discuss with Polyant, visit our website at polyant.io, that's P-O-L-Y-I-E-N-T dot I-O for more information. Great. Thanks for your support, Polyant. Now on to today's show. We apologize if the audio quality of this episode is a little bit different than what you've come to expect. The following episode was recorded live and on location at ETH Denver 2020. In this episode, we sit down with Jay Harrell, Communications Manager at QuantStamp, a leader in blockchain security, offering smart contract and front-end audits to enhance the security of decentralized applications. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fork the Product. We're live here at ETH Denver 2020, and we're speaking with Jay Harrell from QuantStamp. Jay, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, to kick us off, why don't you just give us uh, kind of an overview of QuantStamp? Uh, Yeah, so uh, QuantStamp is a Y Combinator-backed company uh, building the standard in blockchain security. Uh, We work with teams uh, in the space um, with our security uh, experts dedicated to securing decentralized systems. Um, We're trying to enable a future of safer, more reliable blockchain applications um, and helping enterprise companies deploy blockchain solutions with a security first mindset. Okay, and I think, so this is probably the first uh, company that we've spoken with specifically in the security space. I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with the types of services that you offer, but I think for for people that aren't familiar with QuantStamp or this part of the industry, can you break it down for us a little bit more in terms of uh, what you do to help clients secure their contracts or ensure security? Uh, Yeah, sure. So, you know, in the last year, for example, we have been involved, or we, we published the Fundamentals of Smart Contract Security. So we're in, we try to educate. Um, we're involved with the Smart Contract Security Alliance, which uh, helps more educate um, enterprise and um, decision makers. Um, but then in terms of our client work, we work with uh, big enterprises um, when it comes to uh, deployment, um, even if it's something as small as scoping all the way up to uh, the deployment and you know whatever there's they need um a lot of time there there's a very varying level of of knowledge there sure, sure. um but we also mainly work with crypto native companies and uh, we've seen a lot of DeFi projects lately so we help uh, secure their projects um we're not just working with ethereum um, although we do a fairly large portion of uh, ethereum related audits um we also uh have looked at implementations, uh, libraries, uh, not just the smart contract itself. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we want to just be there for people and their projects and uh, help this whole thing uh, go mainstream. Yeah. So I, I know I've done a little bit of reading um, on you know Richard, the founder, and 
I believe he has a pretty interesting sort of inspiration story that led to the founding of Quantstam. So could you give us a little background on that? Yeah, so Richard, um, his background is actually in uh, algorithmic trading uh, with Tower Research. And uh, he, on his own, um, put uh, money into the, the DAO. Um, and well, of course, of course, we know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became really clear um, for him and uh, that there was a security need. And uh, yeah, the, I mean, that was a huge event. Yeah, sort of kicked a lot of things off. Yeah, and presumably raised a lot of awareness about the importance of doing these things. Yeah, yeah I know where I was. <laughs> yeah, <at the time>. yeah. <laughs> where were you then? Uh, I was up all night. Um, a, f- a friend of mine um, was uh, because I was in the community. Um, there was a, just a lot of chatter going on. Yeah, yeah, and a lot yeah. of um, a lot of shock. Um, yeah. and just the, the, what has happened since then, um, it's just an interesting uh, history. I mean, we'll just really get into that here. Cause that's, that's almost an entire yeah. thing of itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you did allude earlier to the fact that you mostly work with crypto native companies, but could you break down like who is your target user at the moment? Uh, but also if you are, uh, and I believe you are working with non-crypto native companies. It would be interesting to hear a little bit about what they're uh, trying to tackle and how you, you know, provide them with help on that. Uh, Yeah. So um, in terms of crypto native companies, we've seen a proliferation of a lot of DeFi, uh, decentralized finance related projects. Um, And uh, it's it's been really interesting because that's been an actual real use case um, for for blockchain and cryptocurrency. Uh, I think it recently hit about a billion dollars um, committed yeah. to these DeFi projects. Yeah. So that's a lot of uh, funds. We work with the MakerDAO grants program and have to date um, audited, I think 11 or so um, projects out of there. Um, actually Pool Together, for example, uh, came out of ETH Denver uh, mm-hmm. last yeah. year. We've actually interviewed um, Leighton. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they're great. Really and cool project. Yeah. Really cool project. And uh, so that's so that's more the crypto native side. Of course, there's also there's also uh, you know non DeFi projects that we've worked with. We we just shipped the audit for Omize Go on their more viable Plasma, mm-hmm. um, which is a great which, which is a new Plasma implementation. Obviously, um, that was a pretty big one. You know, we work with Etoro and securing. Um, their uh, sort of some of their stuff that they um, they do. Uh, we also have some monitoring services for uh, organizations. When it comes to enterprise, um, we've worked with Siemens, MR, uh, RTA. Um, I think who else? Uh, Mitsubishi, I believe. Um, yeah, so, and, and it really, really depends on sort of the scope that they're looking for. Uh, a lot of times, sometimes it's as small as just, um, you know, scoping out the project and understanding sure. blockchain um, to, you know, the actual audit and the implementation, um, even technical design and architecture. Uh, we're, there's a few key use cases in the enterprise space that um, we've really narrowed down. Um, supply chain, mobility, finance, and even 
customer retention. Um, and these seem to be the biggest areas of interest for, for enterprise. So we're really trying to um, be, uh, provide leadership in, in those areas. And you know that solutions kind of are a little bit all over the, the map. Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, we're not afraid of working outside of Ethereum. Um, we are pretty uh, blockchain agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are some of the other chains that you work with? So, I mean, we've done stuff with uh, sort of Libra, um, for example, it was, uh, it was, I think, so Libra never um, hasn't gone out yet, but it was a, there was a project that um, was doing um, uh, their stablecoin implementation with, with Libra. So we were looking at that. Hyperledger, of course, Ethereum, Corda, um, Quorum, Polkadot, EOS, uh, Tendermint, Co- uh, Cosmos. Okay, so, so yeah, the whole gamut. Variety, yeah. Yeah, how, how large is the team? Like about thirty-five people-ish. Okay, so, you, so you've got a good group to. to yeah, and we're even looking at like uh, cross um, cross-chain technologies that you know connect to Bitcoin, for example. So mm, sure. Yeah, we're we're we, we try to do really hard things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So um, you mentioned a little you know, kind of the range of services that you offer and obviously you're, you're chain agnostic or cross chain. Um, can you walk us through what the engagement looks like a little bit, maybe with a smaller project first? Um, I'm just curious what the collaboration looks like with the founding team or, you know, the developers. Sure. Because it seems like they're they're generally moving really fast. And, and I can imagine that has to be a very collaborative effort to Yes. Get something a little line. Yeah, and I, I think this is probably going to be most useful for um, crypto native projects. But generally, how the process works is they'll reach out to us, um, and they'll be in, put in touch with either um, Krishna or Dawn um, or someone else on on the, the business side, and they will guide the the team through. Typically, we'll look at their their repo, we'll scope it out. Um, you know, give them an idea of, of, of what they can expect and um, where the, uh, the, the audit scope sits. We'll help them through, um, you know, help them with, with uh, maybe the implementation, make sure that it's, it's, it's ready to go, uh, deployment, and we will then, uh, after all said and done, pre- present them with, with an um, audit report. Um, and sometimes it comes back for changes. Sometimes you know we rec- there's recommendations, and uh, but when it's um, was ready to go, uh, this um, this report is available for the the project to use where however they wish. Uh, oftentimes, what they do is we'll link it on their um, website so their users can can see the the scope of the audit yeah. that we performed yeah. and what we were looking for. Yeah, and I did look at one of those sample reports. It looks looks very thorough. Yeah, um, we, we try to be very thorough, but also we hope that it, it communicates effectively to not just very technical people, but, but others as well, at least from a high level on the top. Yeah, something that uh, has struck me a bit in uh... You know, when I look at my experience working as a product manager for you know a standard software company, um, <laughs> there's always like the the reluctance of the product team that I work with to engage with security. They kind of bemoan having to do things <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, 
But it's like the, going to see the principal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, oh, I got to go to the dentist. Yeah. Uh, um, but no one likes telling you they didn't floss, right? right exactly. <laughs> um, but in the crypto community, it seems like a complete. It's like inverted. And um, again, this is my impression from a third party perspective. So um, I'm curious to understand what is the general sentiment that you see amongst projects that you work with, and how's that evolved over time? You know, that's a, a actually a great question. I feel like there was um, an early um, attitude that there's maybe not enough people who understand this technology, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to find you know, someone who's experienced to be able to perform these audits. <laughs> Tough to have experience with so, such an early industry. <laughs> so it's a bit of a chicken and the egg problem. Yeah. Um, and there's been, you know, of course, a, a few uh, notable events. Uh, our technical team, uh, our engineering team and uh, researchers are, uh, there's a large contingent from uh, University of Waterloo. So very security, formal, formal, formal methods uh, based. Um, and we sort of started doing these audits uh, bit by bit. But over time, it became clear that the community really wanted um, more security for good reason. And and the reason why is, you know, these are mission critical pieces of software. You don't, um, just like in the airline industry, you don't just let a plane go and fly. You need to actually formally verify um, that the design implementation uh, will not or um, likely not fail. And that's really important because you're, it's lives at at, at risk, yeah, yeah, and in the terms of uh, blockchain, right? We're talking about public infrastructure that is publicly available and publicly accessible, and publicly open to be um, up for exploited or, or attacked, or, or depending on the situation. And this is, you know, millions of dollars. Um, I mean, today I think we secured over one point five billion dollars in, in asset value. And so to put that in perspective, you know, like that's a, like that's a lot if, if, if say 5% of those failed. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like the consequences of, you know, the product team that I work with shipping a bug, uh, like, oh, you can just, you know, push a, a hot fix pretty quickly and, you know, it's yeah. all good. But yeah, in the, in the crypto world, immutability is a thing. And once you push it out there, it's there. Yeah. Well, it, and immutability is actually a really interesting question because there's a bit of a gray area with upgradable contracts, mm. with create two as a new opcode, um, and so it's it's it can be very almost sometimes politically difficult. So it's we have to provide what we think is 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 best. We have to provide our recommendations, and we have to say like, look, this is this is a an area that could be co-opted mm-hmm. um, in a negative way, but at the same time, there's also needs of of these these projects, and and so we we have to make sure that these projects are safe for people, and there's also a responsibility on all of us to keep everyone um, on the same page that these need to be safe. Yeah. So I, this is maybe taking the conversation in a totally different direction, but it's it's just one of the questions on my mind. Um, you mentioned the uh, the audit report, 
And you mentioned that you're trying to make that not only readable, like a technical recommendation, but also readable by a non-technical audience. I'm curious, you know, if I think about like the early days of e-commerce, right? And consumers were sort of trained into looking for a green lock in their browser and like indications of security. I'm, I wonder, are there any initiatives or has your team given thought to how you communicate that to the end user so that we can start building sort of an, a universal trust uh, in, indicator for people that are using Web3 products? Well, that's, um, yes, in short. Um, and there's sort of three parts to that answer. Uh, one is providing the report for a project so they can you know, put on their website the report, you will provide them a little bit of a secure by quant stamp um, okay. should they wish to, to, to use that. Sure. Right. Um, and then you click on it and you can actually read the report. It's, it's very technical, but the first page is, is much more high level. Sure. Um, and, that's, and that's on a basic level. Um, but on a, on a secondary level, we have the Smart Contract Security Alliance, which is a group of uh, technical um, groups like uh, Fujitsu R&D Center, NRI Secure, LayerX, MythX, BlockGeeks, um, National University of Crystal Center, uh, <laughs> and ourselves, and you know, and hopefully more to come, that are all committed to providing uh, recommendations and articles and literature, uh, authoritative literature, for enterprise um, regulators, uh, you know, industry. Uh, decision makers um, at their level, and that's another part of that. And then the third part is, uh, and this is more recent, working um, along uh, in, with the, the ETA. Uh, oh, what is the ETA? The ETA is um, the ETA is the Ethereum Trust Alliance. Okay. And they actually, well, all of us are together providing a, uh, just basically a star rating. Got it. Yeah. So really simple. Something really easy to interpret. Trying right? to exactly. build out standards for measuring security. Exactly. What, what's the scale? Is it like three star, five star? Three star. Okay. Um, three star. And uh, that's that's really interesting. So there's so there's these different endpoints. Sure. Right? Sure. Because um, you have to build trust with the community. Mm -hmm. You have to build trust with the users. and those are not necessarily always the same that overlap. Right. But then you also have to build trust with uh, and, and education with outside of the bubble that is blockchain and yeah. crypto. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and provide sort of uh, social and communicative uh, on ramps for people to quickly um, digest uh, security um, and what's important to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So just a. Uh, you know, switching gears a little bit, uh, we are, you know, we understand that your uh, offerings are both sort of consultative as well as, you know, you offer solutions for monitoring, for example, but can you just uh, give us a sense for, you know, how QuantStan thinks about sustainable business model um, and, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, so it's really important for, for us that we're, you know, actually revenue generating company, right? We're, we're in this for the long haul and blockchain and the um, cryptocurrency space is quite volatile, which then leads to volatility in 
um, customer base potentially. Yeah. So it's it's really important for us to um, stay ahead of that. And uh, so we're always really working hard to um, work with groups that can provide, um, you know, uh, new, um, interesting uh, clients and ultimately build network effect from there. Because it's, it's really like, you know, with only a team of, say, 30 people working globally and maybe a small percentage of that is actually uh, on the business and communications side. Sure. Uh, there's a there's a lot of you know there's a lot of work to be done, and um, there's frankly just not enough auditors even in the the larger security space. You know, uh, and we also work with um, great companies like Open Zeppelin, Trail of Bits, Consensus Diligence, Mythex. Um, they're you know they're providing really quality uh, audits, and you know our hope is is that really, really good projects actually get multiple audits. Mm, sure, yeah. Um, so there's kind of these multiple things that are that are overlapping. So it's really important for us to, to, to stay revenue generating and work with everyone and, you know, build bridges um, from a, you know, social space kind of. To your point about network effects and, and sort of kind of trying to leverage the effort a little bit, um, I, I guess, what kind of relationships are most impactful for Quantstamp uh, when it comes to acquiring new, new work? I mean, I think it's it's uh, groups that have a really good eye on what is innovative. Um, MakerDAO grants program sure. has been putting out really great projects. Uh, Tachyon has been putting out some really great projects. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're seeing some really awesome projects coming out of Meta Cartel. Um, so there's, and, and these aren't, you know, these aren't the, the only spaces, but these are, the, these are people, um, groups of people that are really thinking uh, long-term um, and the long form and with practical solutions for, for people. Uh, sure. And we're starting to see this convergence of, you know, connecting Web3 to Web2 as sort of an on-ramp between mm. the two. And we're also seeing composability. We're seeing, um, and I think we're going to start to see uh, um, connections. Or uh, there's there's a path of parallel uh, technologies, and then through to composability between Web two and Web three. Mm -hmm. What the time horizon for this is is potentially unknown, um, but we're really interested in things that uh, have practical solutions that have network effect that really solve people's issues <clears throat> and really onboard people into um, these, you know, distributed technologies. Sure, sure. The, because it's really important. Yeah. And, that, and we really believe in that, so. And I imagine connecting Web 2 and Web 3 poses potentially, you know, a, a greater surface uh, or a surface area for attack or risk. So can you um, elaborate on, you know, what that might be? And yeah, I think the greatest surface of a greater surface of, of attack has more to do with your ultimately positioning a product that is uh, towards a less crypto native mm. or even no crypto native um, user base. Sure. Yeah. So we're starting to see these projects that are fintech apps that actually use DeFi in the back end. 
And, you know, user is not actually going to know that they're or really recognize what, what's going on. And so their reputational risk potentially could be higher because you're using something that is maybe not FDIC insured um, to get a, a higher yield. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's great technology, uh, but someone who's using that is, is not gonna recognize the risk, even though they're told, hey, this is more risky. Uh, but the upside to that is, you know, we're ultimately decentralizing the, these financial systems. Sure. And, and I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. A minute ago, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done and there aren't actually enough auditors in the entire space. You also mentioned that you had, I, I believe, a partnership or, or part of an alliance with Block Geeks. I'm wondering, what is the, what are the typical qualifications of an auditor? And is there any effort underway to, you know, increase the educational resources for people that need to or want to transition into the auditing space? Yeah, so that's a good question because um, the on-ramp into security as is is uh, difficult. Um, there's multiple ways to approach this. We've always approached it from more of an academic formal methods sure. point of view. Um, University of Waterloo, um, National University of uh, Singapore, that sort of thing. Uh, but there's also some of somewhat of an info sec. Um, contingent of the community as well. Mm -hmm. And they think about security in a different way. I think it takes uh, all approaches, but to get into the space, I think it takes um, takes uh, probably a lot of work. I'm, of course, more of a communications uh, person. Um, and in terms of education, it's I see working with uh, Block Geeks as valuable because you know they're that first touch point right. for people getting into blockchain. Right. The, I think what needs to be built out is that next touch point from um, getting into blockchain and then, you know, working more in security. Right. Uh, but I think there's still a bit of an issue in that I would say on a daily, you know, if you want to use daily volume as a, as a, as a metric, I estimate that um, the daily volume, quote unquote, of, of people actually building and working on blockchain stuff day-to-day uh, -day is maybe about 10,000 people. So I think there's maybe about, um, it's still fairly small. I think there's a, a, a lot, maybe more people that are really sitting on the sidelines that are really looking to get into it. Um, and there's a lot that can be built with, you know, so few people. But if you're looking at, say, um, you know, say 10 to 20,000 people uh, working you know, constantly in blockchain, sure. the education requirements um, and the and everything to align to want to get into security is actually quite thin because um, there's so much stuff that you could be do working on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. There needs to be probably more work um, on the education front, uh, bringing people into security. But <clears throat> we're still at a point where we need to actually educate, say, outside of the blockchain space, that you know, security is important. Um, blockchain's not so scary, and hey, we can help you um, to to connect into that, and yeah. and you know that brings more people into the space. Uh, then that brings more technical expertise, um, and then that potentially brings more people who are interested in the security side of of blockchain. But I will say, if anyone is interested in uh, getting involved in the security space, I'm 
you know, please reach out to me. Um, you can DM me on Twitter, uh, at Jay Harrell. Um, and I'm really happy to connect you with uh, the security community because there is a, a vibrant community. Oh, that's, yeah. that's good to hear. And um, one thing that I, I think is important to get the word out about is, you know, what advice do you have for teams that may be fairly new and a bit daunted by the thought of how do we approach security? What is it like to get an audit? So uh, what advice would you have for people in that situation? I would say um, rather than sort of trying to limit people's creativity in what they want to build, because I think that would be a detriment, um, I think it's more important to not to underestimate the time required for the security audit. Right. Uh, and also we're, we're not so, so scary. Um, we're, we're not your, 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 your dentist. Uh, we, we are, we do genuinely want to help. Um, and, uh, we're very, very available, um, 24 hour basis in terms of working with an otter, you know, be prepared to, uh, showcase your code, have, um, full test suite, uh, make sure you do a lot of commenting and it's fully documented. And if you want more in depth, actually, if you go to smartcontractsecurityalliance.com, uh, there's a breakdown on um, how you can get set up before you engage with an auditor. And that'll help you to some degree. Or you can just reach out to me. That helps too. And there was a resource you mentioned earlier. I, I believe it was uh, Security Fundamentals. Oh, um, yeah. Fun and that's another one. Yeah. Um, so we. Uh, people on our team wrote uh, the fundamentals of blockchain security. Okay, that's, oh, that's what it was. Fundamentals of smart contract security. Oh my goodness. It's been a long weekend, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fundamentals of smart contract security. You can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also get it on the uh, swag.ethereum.org. Uh, and and know, I assume that's aimed at a developer audience? It's aimed at a security developer audience, okay. um, but it, it would read well for a developer. Okay. So it's if you're familiar with and um, with Mastering Ethereum, uh -huh. so that's a great book to read if you're a developer. And then the next book probably would be Fundamentals of Smart Contract Security. And that sort of ties on that, tie, ties on there. And uh, a lot of people on our, on our team um, put work in in that in that book and actually now uh danger on our communications team who helped some of the editing with the fundamentals of smart contract security is also now helping with the next edition for mastering ethereum so okay. we're really concerned with education and we do there are resources at at all, at all levels and at what stage would you recommend a team uh you know start the process of going through an audit that was actually my yeah that was on my mind too and i was wondering if there's any sort of heuristic around like once your contract, you know, passes a certain amount of value yeah. that it's securing, like, does it make sense? Because I'm, I'm sure there's a trade off between the time and the cost for an audit mm -hmm. versus where you mm -hmm. are in product development. So that's a really um, interesting two part question. Um, I'm going to address the, the heuristic first. So it's a balancing act um, and you have to weigh sort of reputational risk, financial risk. Um, with the, you know, with the, what's potentially there and that can be tricky. So I guess the best advice I would have is consider, you know, how, how many people are you expecting to be engaging with this contract? And 
um, how confident, uh, confident are you with your uh, coding ability um, with Solidity or you know Viper or whatever you're you're using? Um, Viper is pretty secure to use. Um, I guess it's a it is a difficult question, and there's not really a simple answer. There's a there's an easier answer when like the, it's already shipped and you have sort of a a very mild um, framework around uh, around um, uh, this reputational risk and, and and looking at it if there was a, a hack that actually happened. But you kind of have to you kind of have to weigh both sides, and you know if you're expecting. Um, if you're expecting engagement with that that contract to exceed the you know in value exceed the potential cost of an uh, of an audit, I mean you don't really have any idea of of how big that'll that'll get. Sure, sure. Uh, and it's not to say that 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 that's the right thing uh, for a team, um, but you can always come and ask us, and we can always give you some advice on that. You know, we're, we're here to help. And, and I assume that's part of your initial sort of needs, yeah. needs assessment. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So, um, and with these DeFi products, right? I mean, they're also really designed to encourage engagement. So if, especially with DeFi, considering the composability aspect of it, mm. and you're considering, say, skipping an audit, um, that could be detrimental to potentially your reputation and your project, but also the projects around you. So that's yeah, another that's thing really to chain reaction. Yeah. That's <laughs> another thing to consider. Well, and even well, yesterday, what uh, we haven't had a chance to dig deeply I've, into I've it. only got the headline, but there's this. Yeah, there was, there was a. $350,000 yeah, <laughs> chain I, of transactions. Unfortunately, I was running around with my, like a chicken with my head cut off and I didn't have a chance to, <laughs> yeah. to, to really dive into that. But um, that was, you know, a real hot topic in, in, in our Slack and and, and, sure. and, and security com community at large, I'm sure, yeah. um, but that's but that's a great example, right? Yeah. And there are examples of uh, of projects weighing these these pros and cons, um, and some have chosen not to get an audit, um, and maybe they were better on the communications end, and uh, they were able to to navigate it. So that's you know that's within your purview, and that's fine. Um, but that's a, that is certainly a skill set that is very, you know, hard to have. Yeah. So it, it's really, it's really up to the, the, the project lead to, to make that call. Um, in terms of time to, to give to it, it really depends on the size of the, 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 the scope and size of what was, was, um, built. So I would say it, it's. Uh, very, it's more difficult for us when you're coming two weeks ahead of launch, <laughs> of course, wishing for, <laughs> yeah. for an audit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that never happens though. <laughs> but, but that, but you know what, we, we are always also willing to work with projects that, that, that do that. Um, and we have worked with that and, you know, we, um, have a lot of success with clients like that, but just like, you know, just like anything, um, giving yourself more time will give yourself, uh, better outcomes um, in the uh, later. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if it's always the case, but it would seem that if a team engages with security experts early on in the process, that it could probably alleviate 
some of the time and expense down yeah. the road because they're sort of baking in it, it, yeah. habits prior and practices. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. And, um, you know, and, and, and we've, like, there's countless projects that, that we've worked with um, that have kind of come a little bit late in the game, um, but they've been very successful. We're just suggesting um, that uh, it will be uh, a lot easier on, on the project if, if you're able to make time for that. Sure. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's coming from uh, our engineering team asking for, for more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to sleep. Um, so we're here at East Denver and you've been running around, you know, like a chicken with your head cut off. What, uh, what have you and the QuantSAM team, team here been doing over the course of the weekend and what observations do you have from it? Um, so <clears throat> we actually have a, a few people uh, here, uh, actually quite a large contingent here. Um, I think there's two teams hacking. I, I did a little hacking last night, more communications, marketing thing. Um, and, uh, you know, Don and Krishna are going around meeting um, new projects. Uh, Richard is with uh, engineers um, building. I'm not actually sure what they're hacking, to be honest. Um, I've been working with my communications team uh, to um, try and you know, build engagement, obviously. Um, but then apart from that, it's just great seeing everyone in, in the space. And I mean, time and time again, um, you know, John and uh, Hannah, Shannon, Matt, like everyone um, on the East Denver team, volunteers and everyone um, have just done an absolute bang up job every single year. And I always love coming to East Denver because they're, even from the beginning, they've always maintained trying to um, trying to build a space that sort of scales this maker uh, space mentality, um, you know, anarchist makerspace kind of idea, um, which is really, you know, without getting into the politics of particular words, really what it means to me is there's known people in the space and there's new people in the space. And when you take the networking sort of feel out of it you suddenly create a space that's equal for everyone to meet everyone mm. now yeah. bear in mind it is sometimes hard for a lot of the you know um, people working on projects to have any time at all um but it's not it's not a conference right it's it's a it's a space for people to meet people and engage with people and build together and you know, that is really amazing that they've they've managed to build it time and time again. And there it, it always sets the stage for like what's interesting yeah. um, throughout the year. Yeah. And it's also really interesting um, uh, in terms of the projects that come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, we talked about Pool Together. Pool earlier. Together last and year. Here yeah. they are today. Yeah. They've raised a million dollars just yeah. the other day. Yeah. They're blowing up. It's yeah. great. Huge, huge congratulations to that team um, and other and other teams that are that are building. Um, I think for us, we've we've been um, pretty excited about DeFi and decentralized finance uh, space, um, and so we've been uh, here trying to um, uh, help um, uh, projects like that. But not just those projects. Obviously, there's there's numerous other um, projects here, um, cross chain and otherwise. Uh, I. Uh, I was just um, working with uh, some handshake folks last night, just 
Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and that was fun. So very cool. Awesome. So we, we've been asking people before we close out interviews, uh, two questions and one is kind of the inverse of the other, but what are you most excited about in the space in say the coming year? Most excited about in the coming year? Well, it does feel like the efforts of the last two years of building are starting to really come to a fold. Uh, and we're really starting to see genuinely good UX implementations. Yeah. Um, just simply being able to quickly send dye to someone and be able to immediately have it you know, on your phone and there's no login, there's just, it's seamless is uh, alone is really encouraging. So what am I really excited about? I don't know if there's one specific project uh, that I'm really excited about. I mean, of course I'm excited about DeFi. Of course I'm excited about cross-chain um, decentralized finance, but I think I'm really just excited to be again at a point where people are excited about what is happening in blockchain again. Uh, because it does come in in waves and um, you know this is now a time when we actually have way better UX way better solutions practical and that's all tied with the fact that these are use cases that people want now that's not to say that there's tons of other use cases for blockchain that will come about but when you have something that um, people come to and are excited about, that outflow to other potential potentialities for the tech um, is is enormous. So I think I'm actually really excited for for that that to come about. Is what will this excitement build next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I need some wins on the board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if we flip the question around the other way, then where where do you think we'll see the most friction as an industry in the next year? Friction as an industry. Well, I mean, um, regulation is always um, hot hot button, but I think there's a lot more efforts towards um, uh, cooperation between between group, uh, groups. Um, but the biggest friction I see is, you know, infighting. Actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, tell tell me more about. Well, there's the. The, there's a lot of dedicated people that are very, very passionate about what they do. And there's a lot of different and differing ideas as to what this technology means and should do. And we have to remember that we're not always going to like each other. We're not always going to get along. But we can try to be civil because there are going to be solutions that we're not going to think of that is maybe outside of our um, silo. Sure. And uh, on the long tail, you know, if we have all these distributed systems working together that democratizes access on many levels for many places and, you know, many groups of people. But to get there, we have to take, you know, a civil approach be open to feedback, be open to criticism, but also be willing to uh, work and work together and work and, and, and listen, I guess. Agreed. 
Great. I'd rather not have another browser wars, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inevitably we'll we'll have those moments as you know, this industry progresses. And you know what? I, I think like we have to be okay with with that. There's going to be existing centralized um, systems that need to be connected to because on the long tail, that ultimately democratizes um, that area as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We can't always just start like I I'm you know I'm a firm decentralist. We start from a decentralized space, um, but to get to that long time, uh, long long time from now, it 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 takes a uh, um, bridge building. Absolutely, yeah. Zach and I were having this conversation the other night yeah. at dinner. He, yeah, he feels the exact same way. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you know the rather than viewing one project that may be taking a, a very different approach, maybe in fact the antithesis of how you as a project are tackling a problem like we should all welcome that as just another parallel experiment that in fact you don't have to finance so like mm -hmm. great let them make mistakes or or you know gain wins and because it's all open source we all win mm -hmm. like we can fork that portion whatever it is and um yeah I, I think it's a shame that sometimes it can get a little out of hand but you know, and there are, you know, there are very interesting solutions actually coming from places you wouldn't expect. Right. And, you know, we and, see a very large swath of the space. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And even, you know, I think, um, you know, one project, even if they may be taking, um, you know, a radically different approach that, you know, doesn't have the same level of decentralization that you want, like, Again, that, that people are even attempting to experiment with that should be welcomed, and mm -hmm. um, yeah. So because you know, it's a, it's I, I see it as is a bit of a gateway to more decentralization. Yeah, it's awareness. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. This yeah. has been an awesome conversation. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. And where can people find out more about Quantstamp? Um, so you can uh, go to quantstamp.com uh, for more information. Uh, if you're more interested in our uh, solutions, quantstamp.com slash solutions. If you're interested in um, alliance related stuff, smart contract security alliance, uh, the Ethereum uh, trust alliance. Uh, I think we also talked about the fundamentals of blockchain, uh, uh, fundamentals of smart contract security. Uh -huh. um, uh, but please feel free to reach out to myself. I'm on Twitter at jharrell. Uh, and you feel free to DM. Great. Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fork the Product. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share this podcast with all your crypto friends. See you next time.